This is Capital City with Capital J. This is Capital City Podcast. I'm your host, Capital J, alongside my main man. D.L. Glass. We're in the building today, and today's show is all about the D to the R to the U to the G to the S. D-Rugs. D-Rugs. <laughs> For those of you not in the know, those are drugs. We're going to be talking about drugs and music. Hmm. Do they go together? Oh, man, do they go together. <laughs> <laughs> I would almost say that You've never heard a song you liked Where That didn't have at least one person on it uh-huh. Involved with it That was high on something Right Whether it be the last guy who put his final engineering touches on it Or the first guy who wrote the very first verse Somebody Was probably high on something At some point But we about to do this episode with our pre-gaming Nah, nah, we're doing this episode absolutely straight. You know what I'm saying? Tonight's episode is brought to you by water. Cold water. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. So here we go. Now, we start here like we start everywhere else. We're going to go back to the beginning, DL. Okay. Let's just talk about music in general. And, you know, we talk about hip-hop music, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. So we're going to go back to shortly before hip-hop because we don't want to go back too far. Right. So far that we're not even in the hip-hop era. Right. Okay. So the connection between drugs and music. Mm, You saw the movie Ray, right? Yes, sir. So we saw that even back then, you know, artists were using drugs. Yes. And performing. Yes. At least we know Ray Charles was. And I know that uh, during that, you know, there was a time Miles Davis used to Mm -hmm. experiment. You know, these are jazz musicians. Mm -hmm. And, well, blues, jazz, rhythm and blues. Mm -hmm. You know, the early days, you had a few artists that would experiment with heroin, Hmm. uh, maybe a little cocaine, some marijuana. Right. But society wasn't really leaning towards drugs as, you know, in great huge numbers during that time period because prohibition hadn't been but so long, you know, since it had ended and people were still in drinking mode, Mm -hmm. you know? So think about all the music that came about during the drinking era, Hmm. you know, rocking and rolling and juke joints and all, you know, that music gets you going, you know, you party and party. Right. And... But one thing about people who drink, you know, they they get going, but there's this violent energy with it, too, that you had to deal with when there's alcohol involved. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Now, since there wasn't a whole lot of hip-hop around, you know, I'm trying to think, where did where did all this violent drinking energy go? Probably into the development of rock and roll. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I would just have to imagine. Right. Now, as hip-hop comes into fashion... It's the early 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, we're coming off an era where the flower children had taken over everything. Hippies, you know, late 60s. It was an era of mind expansion. LSD. Um, yeah, stuff, mushrooms. Right. And, you know, if you think about the music from the late 60s and you think about how much was going on in one song. Like today, today a song. Like I'm gonna give you a little history, ladies and gentlemen. Today you listen to a song on the radio; it's the same beat from beginning to end. When people were doing LSD, tripping on acid, and all that stuff, couldn't be. No, no, a song lasted 15 minutes. Right. <laughs> you had a five minute drum solo in the middle of it. Yes. Now, so you know, I'm just I'm giving you the the background of how we're gonna break this thing down. Mm-hmm. So people out here doing acid, right? Right. The music is reflecting what's going on in their head. Mm-hmm. And you, I've never taken acid, but I've seen depictions of people taking acid, and they always seem to throw eye characters and shapes right. and all this stuff into the room. And when you think about a song from the era when people were using that type of drug more commonly than they do today mm-hmm. and recording music, the music reflected that totally. Even the dance. Yeah, yeah, it was just everything. Right. You know, you be going one direction, then you go another direction, then you go here. Right. And then you go here. <laughs> and that's what the music did. 
Like if you ever listen to uh, Cashmere by Led Zeppelin, mm. you go back and listen to that and just look at how many places that song went or or listen to some some Fifth Dimension, mm-hmm. you know, and and it's yeah, yeah. When you listen to the, that Phil Spector had a sound they called it uh, I forgot what they called it, but the sound it was like so much stuff going on, mm-hmm. but it all worked. Right, right, right. And that's, you know, to me, that is the sound of acid. It made me think of a group like Earth, Wind, and Fire. Early In the early days of Earth, Wind, and Fire, they totally looked like hippies and flower children. Man. The very first Earth, Wind, and Fire album um, that I have had Keep Your Head to the Sky on there, I think. Keep How long was it? your head to the sky. <laughs> and then... Like think about the creativity that went into Earth, Wind, and Fire music. They they are obviously That's, from that era. Yes, you know what I'm saying. They're from the era of the Flower Children, and their music carried that legacy mm-hmm. of over the top instrumentation, mm-hmm. ten minute songs, right. flips from one style of music right into the next mm-hmm. within the same song. Like listen to September Earth, Wind, and Fire. Like a per, uh, today, a producer would turn that into ten different songs. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just the intro itself be a song. Somebody would take that and sample it and turn it into a whole song. Because he by itself. The bass guitarist was over there doing his own thing, but kept to the tempo. Everybody yeah, and, and and it's and it's always flipping. Yeah, you know you got a bridge like songs don't have bridges anymore. You right. know, yeah, take me to the bridge. That's part of the song where it changes up a little bit. And then it connects you back to another part of the song. Mm-hmm. They don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Now, hip-hop came along during, you know, it really started gaining steam during the disco era. What people doing during disco? Cocaine, piles and piles of cocaine. <laughs> Had to. <laughs> right. So, so think about this. I don't do cocaine. I'm not a user of cocaine. But every time I see a depiction... People using cocaine. Yeah. And I've been around plenty of people on cocaine. I've been around, I, uh, let's keep it real. I've been around enough people <laughs> yeah. who toot to know exactly what it does to you. Yeah. And to me, disco music is the total embodiment of cocaine high. Whew. You know what I'm saying? You're right. Up tempo. Like, um, I don't know if a lot of people realize that 120 beats a minute. It's almost in step with a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. So, this is, you know, hit this coat, huh. heart's going 120 beats a minute, right. and you rocking 120 beats a minute to disco all night long. Mm-hmm. We get into a time when people start Come to a realization that cocaine is not so good for me. Yeah. And it's expensive. That's hell. So they start making cheaper cocaine. Mm-hmm. What's that called? Crack. You know what I heard today? What's that? So uh, fast forward, Freddie Gibbs dropped the album. And he has a track called CIA. Because mm. all, they, all they gave us was crack, <laughs> Instagram, and AIDS. Hey, I, and I've always said cracking AIDS is the worst thing that ever happened to America. Instagram is running neck and neck. <laughs> to, 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 to our community, at least, you know, Instagram is running neck and neck. And when, when I heard that, I was like, so that is, I thought about this episode when I heard that today because I thought about, I think we had um, the conversation about how detrimental the crack era was to our community how it forever changed it, but what came out of it musically. Yeah, what it did was, well, you think about the difference. You've seen, I, you know you've seen people on powder, you've seen people on crack. Right. Same drug, different form of the same drug, mm-hmm. different outcomes. Yes. First of all, I don't know too many crackheads that were making a whole lot of music because you got about... You know, once you start smoking crack, you got about another good two weeks to a month of being useful to society. If you're really a user, you know, right. you, you're not going to be that productive. 
Absolutely. You know, I, I'm not saying that cocaine is a productive drug. When people sniffing cocaine, they were making music yeah. and holding it together. Right. Which is why crack destroys so many people. It lets you know that we were coming out of the cocaine era because crack destroyed those people who used to do cocaine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's not anybody who started smoking crack that hadn't tried cocaine when cocaine was out there. Yeah. Because, you know, this, this, you're going past the coke, so you don't right. skip past the powder right. and just put a flame to a rock if you never experimented with the powder. It's what made those people comfortable enough to accept crack. How low can you go? You see what I'm saying? So when crack didn't ruin their lives, I mean, when coke, when coke didn't ruin their lives in the 70s, right. they thought crack was okay, too. Right. That's amazing, but, right? It, it, but I, I, I would say this. I can relate to all those people, and I I feel sorry for them the way it happened mm-hmm. because I can only imagine how our society would be, be turned up and down, turned upside down all over again if marijuana mm-hmm. was released in a highly addictive form. Like everybody now. who smokes. No, everybody who smokes regular yeah. and is used to being able to stop whenever they want to mm-hmm. or used to spend a certain amount of money and then saying, hey, okay, I got a budget. And right. then imagine somebody comes out with a weed that's as addictive as crack. They got it. Now. And it would, it, would, it, would, it would ruin all the smokers. Absolutely. And that's what happened to the dudes that sniffed powder when crack hit. Right. They wanted, I tried, I've been doing fine with the powder, so I'm going to try this. So what we saw in the music, that tempo, that, that up-tempo that we were used to, right. started getting slower and slower, slowing down a little bit, you know what I'm saying? But the energy, there's an energy in crack. Mm-hmm. The energy was still there. Right. The tempo slowed down, but it was still a, a frenetic pace, you know, the energy was there. Like, you listen, I'm not saying that the people who were making the music were all smoking crack, but some of them were, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like MC Shan smoked some. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of artists from that era mm-hmm. smoked crack. I'm not saying they smoked the crack while they were making the music, but this is the time period. Mm-hmm. And crackhead energy, you know, was then, in the music. <laughs> and then you had that mix. What's that? The crack and weed. Oh, the Woolies. <laughs> Yeah, but you know that's that's that Wu Tang era. We getting there. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But um, that period, what happened next is we start going from crack. Crack was never like crack was popular amongst drug users, but it was never the thing to do. You know, it, Hell no. you know what I mean. It wasn't cool. But then later, later weed had this big comeback. Right. When Cypress Hill came out around 92. So now we've been through the, the disco and the coke and then, you know, the crack, the hip hop, the the early days of hip hop, the, the, the golden years. And then you get to the weed smoking. And what weed smoking did when Cypress Hill came out, you know, like I like to use everything uh, in terms of, of beats per minute. You know, we started at 120. Right. By the time you get to the late 80s, not a lot of 120 anymore unless it's house music. And the rest of, even a fast song like Rob Bass, Easy Rock, it's like 110, 106, maybe 112, you know, Poison 112. Mm-hmm. That's a fast song now. Not 120 anymore for us, right. you know. And then um, you get to the point where Cypress Hill drops and they're talking about weed all the time. Dr. Dre's, The Chronic. You know, weed is 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 the shit. Right. And it's not addictive, so it's becoming something that everybody's doing. Mm-hmm. And it's not ruining, you know, it wasn't ruining people's lives. Right. So it became a socially acceptable drug. And here's what we know about weed. It's a depressant. Yes. And, you know, physical depressant, you know. So people smoke weed, they slow down. The music slowed down. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, the chub rocks, treat them right, stuff like that. The up tempo and that dancing we used to do in the club in the in the late eighties and early nineties. I used to go to the club DJ, and I knew that you know a girl would she would go to the club intentionally with her hair not done too well because she was gonna sweat it out. Right. That's right. what we're looking at. Yes. 
energy in the club. Then the weed comes, the music slows down a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, think about uh, by the time smoking on hay comes out, smoking on hay. That tempo is half the speed of disco music. Right, it's sixty now instead of one twenty. Okay, we didn't do anything at that tempo in the club. <laughs> yes, except dance to slow jams. Yeah, but now the hip hop has slowed down to sixty beats a minute. Absolutely unheard of before that. Hmm. Interesting. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. And then, you know, you get a whole run of music that's in that lane. Pastor Troy and, and you know, Lil John, all of them. But this is 60 beats a minute now. Mm-hmm. And before that, like, if I go back, I don't think I have a song that was 60 beats a minute in the hip-hop genre before... 1996, 97 maybe. And music was slower coming out during the weed time too. It took a while to come out, but that was just because of the label. It was just many people rapping and recording. You just didn't get to hear it. Yeah. Well, I I was thinking about because, you know, weed left again, you know, and you you have those artists who uh, were – Dibbing and dabbling back with the cocaine and these fast-paced drugs again, and then music. They start putting out more music. Do you know what I thought? Um, what I noticed too, though, when when you start getting those guys mixing the drugs, you also started getting that questionable content. Yeah, like like all of a sudden, dudes are willing to say things that we never heard <laughs> people talking about and saying before. You know what I'm saying? And this that that <laughs> mixture of drugs when you start. We listen to Old Dirty say, uh, 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 uh. Yeah. Now you to tell me that he wasn't on a mixture of drugs. <laughs> and we listened to it. Did we? It was dope. Yeah. <laughs> Literally dope. You know what I'm saying? We were listening to the dope talk. Yes. You know? But, um. Shoot, man, that we slowed everything down, and then people want to mix it up for a little bit during the Wu-Tang era. And, um, shoot, that gave us some interesting, you know, interesting concepts. You know what I'm saying? There was a lot of abstract, you know, some abstract thinking going on in hip-hop during that time. But it was short-lived. Mm-hmm. It was, um, you know, with that that Wu-Tang sound and, that I guess that drug of choice by even by the producers, that's when you had somebody. Like, I listened to um, Prodigy talk about, um, I'm sorry, Habit talk about producing some of that new, that early Mar Deep stuff. Uh-huh. And I was like, he was getting high. <laughs> mm. He can't tell me he was like, you know, just taking out, taking the different sounds, putting them together. And, and I'm not talking about musical sounds, I'm talking about What kind of high? You think it was a weed high? Just playing all weed. Like when I listened to my deep sound, it didn't. I didn't get the impression of a whole bunch of other stuff. You know? Weed and liquor. Yeah, that, it sounds. It sound like weed and liquor to me. Yeah, yeah. You know what Dark I mean? Dark liquor too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I tell you what though, all the coke that we've seen people do, and all this marijuana. Then all this crack. Things got quiet when meth popped up. Like, I can't, I don't know what impact meth had on our music. I don't think it had any. Because it, you know, wasn't our thing. Right, 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 right. So it it didn't, I didn't see a change in our music as meth rose to prominence. Yeah. I, I didn't partake in the drug that he was rapping about that I later on found out. Who? Meth. Oh, no, I'm not talking about Method Man. I'm talking about Crystal Meth. Crystal Meth. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. No, no, I'm talking about the meth, you know, after the the crack. Molly. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man, we skip, we skip. Okay. Now, that's something that I saw change the music. Those Mollies. And, and, you know, through That changed the music. It changed clubs. What? And through conversation with people. It brought house music back. 
And a lot of people thought they were doing Molly and they were actually doing meth. Really? You, really. I, I, you know, really. I, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> I was surprised. But I, And then I look at certain people who I know was doing Molly and then other people and just the physical part of meth. Yeah, they was doing meth. <laughs> they they might not have known they were doing meth, but they were doing meth. They weren't doing Molly. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I yeah, think that, ecstasy was a happy drug. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I don't, but um, yeah, when I see people on meth, they, they like crackheads on crack. Zombies, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know how everything's time ten when you say it's on crack. So right. Like they like crackheads on crack. I don't think they had any success. Maybe an artist had success. No, I don't know it. anybody who like meth is one of the things that you know. Yeah. But but when you talk about the ecstasy era, the ecstasy era helped bring that techno back. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Raves, mm-hmm. high popular, huge venues started. They came back in the vote mm-hmm. before, before, um, yeah, before ecstasy. Now you know you had large clubs. You yeah, know, they had they kind of died down from the disco era, and meth helped fill those venues back up. And even to this day. The, the popularity, that the, the trance music and the techno and all that stuff, that popularity that was riding on the back of people on ecstasy. Mm-hmm. Like when you look at look at how many people they squeeze into one place now just to listen to the music. Like like when we're DJing, we might DJ a place, you know, five hundred people show up. I'm like, wow, maybe five hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Hundred thousand people in a stadium listening to a DJ. Right, and everybody's high on ecstasy and stuff like that. So you know that definitely changed the music. It brought that particular tempo. It brought back the tempo of house music, but the the intent was a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so like, yeah, they're dancing, but you know, people high on ecstasy. They they like the camaraderie, the social aspect of the whole thing. You see what I'm saying? It's like they right. they just want to. To be around people and fellowship. Right. And it, it's the perfect, it, that drug for that particular music scene. Mm-hmm. Perfect for them. Now, at what point from, from your DJ stance did you realize that you could have possibly been promoting cocaine music or crack music or some of these other drugs? Hmm. There weren't a whole lot of people that promoted, um, you know, every now and then. I, even when I heard Wu-Tang talk about the Woolies and stuff, like a lot of times it didn't feel like they were totally coming from a glamorizing viewpoint. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Some of that stuff felt more like a, you know, either a report or a warning rather than a glamorization. Mm-hmm. But... um. You know, later you start hearing cats just totally glamorize everything they do, you know. Yeah. And I'm trying to think, when did this flip from how it was to how it is? Um, who flipped you know, it? Who who you going to give that? Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm thinking back right now. I'm trying to think who was the most open about their drug use. Future. That Percocet. And, and hip-hop Percocet. Still to this day. Right. And I... I when I first started hearing rappers talk about abusing prescription drugs and stuff like that, um, honestly, mm-hmm. thought it was one of the worst things that could happen for hip hop. Hell yes, and it still is because you know, yes. like you know, we're still in the us and them type of thing. That was always their problem, mm-hmm. right? And now here you go, making their problem our problem, and you're part of that, right? You're the we bridge. already have our problems, yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm pretty sure that anybody who, you know, <clears throat> you know, they would look at it and say, you know, crack is their problem more mm. than our problem. Right. Meth is their problem more than our problem. Right. You know what I mean? But it's a problem mm-hmm. still. It's an American problem. Mm-hmm. But these things go where they go. And I just kind of can't, can't say that I can appreciate a man who's going to, you know, your claim to fame, your legacy is bringing their problem to us. Right. You know. Right. 
And I can see if you brought maybe the electric guitar into hip hop and made everybody start liking the electric guitar. But when you come bring a prescription drug <laughs> abuse into the hip hop game, right? You know that's not, yeah, yeah. Especially then, the more yeah. popular you get, the more people think that's okay. Right. When traditionally, we as a people stay away from that hard line stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you think yeah, about the hip hop community: weed, drinks, yeah, little powder. Seen some powder here and there, yeah. and we said, and and the crack took a lot of legends out. Yes, absolutely. But other than that, you know. You know, there's some heroin floating around out there, but a lot of heroin cats just didn't get involved in music like that in in our generation. Right. You know what what I'm saying? saying. So if that's what they were into, they weren't on our scene a lot of the time. Right. Even the popular um, artists who, you know, who dabble with LSD and acid and stuff like that, but their audience was different, even if they looked like us. And I remember the Beastie Boys, when they came out, they were, you know, they were always... All their music was always about we do whatever. Mm-hmm. But since they were them and not us, mm-hmm. they didn't influence anybody. Right. I don't remember anybody in 1986, Right. But you fast forward and, you know, you let somebody like Future or YG talk about getting dusted and that would influence a young man in our community a little bit differently than hearing, you know, Adam Horvitz talking about it. And, you know, and people loved the Beastie Boys back then, but they just didn't. Like, you know, nobody in the hood was trying to dress like the Beastie Boys or do what they do, just like their music. The first time their influence ended in the sound. The first time I, I, I paid attention to a hard drug like that being promoted was, um, and you know, the, my generation is a little bit behind yours, but um, Shaheen, and he had a track called Dust Juiced. Dust Juice. That went on the first album, though, was it? No, this was when he was a grown man, and hence he went to prison shortly thereafter. Right. <laughs> yeah, and it, I was just surprised that, you know, he – that 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 had what that's what music had come to, right? Was that being acceptable? And you know, yeah, the, that used to be shameful. Yeah, and like, you never heard you never heard MC Shan make a song about smoking no crack, right? Unless he was talking about how bad it was to right. be smoking crack. The education. So, yeah, I don't know. You know, a lot of things change in the community. Um, the things that we used to look down on became acceptable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Which, and a lot of that gets us to where we are today. Because once people started accepting those prescription drugs on the hip hop scene, prescription drugs led us back to a heroin addiction. Absolutely. And now people involved in the music are on heroin too, and that's something that wasn't really a big deal for for the hip hop community. You know, of course, there's always been people doing heroin. So if you're from a place where everybody's on H. Don't come and tell me that. Well, here in Akron, Ohio, everybody's on it. I know. I know sometimes, you know, it could be like that. But in general, right, heroin wasn't a thing for us young people. You know, you had a generation that had already dealt, had their battles with it. And I think what happens with drugs, they, they recycle themselves during the time that it takes for a generation to forget how bad it up the last generation. Uh-huh. So... You give like we know crack. We remember what crack hit, what what crack did, right. and we still have people in our generation that used to be crackheads and still trying to keep themselves together. Right. The moment those people get out of eyesight, crack will come back. You think crack will ever come back? No doubt, everything comes back. You know what crack, I'm saying? Man. Hey man, racism. <laughs> hey, look, look, overt overt racism came back strong like it's 1950 again. So what make you think that crack yeah. is going to stay in the closet? No, crack will be back. It's, it just take like, I thought heroin, you would have thought heroin would have been over forever because the 70s, the early 70s, the heroin was just as bad as crack. You see what I'm saying? But, so when we were young, in the late 80s, who thought about taking heroin? Nobody, because all you knew about heroin was 
that dude that you see leaning sideways with his eyes closed, that can barely stand up, is on heroin, and you had seen it before. You know what, uh, you know, and everybody you had known before crack who was a drug addict was strung out on heroin. Okay, I hear that, and I agree with that. But the only thing that I, I would say about the difference between crack and all all the rest of the drugs that we mentioned goes back to our earlier point of how the music changed with crack. Music slowed down with crack. Yep. The, the productivity. We got money off of crack to put into our music, though, that none of those other drugs put money into our music like crack did. But everybody who used that, that goes to my point. Everybody who used crack, you couldn't come up using crack. No, if you're using crack, you only there's only one way to go. Music. I don't even think crack even has a medicinal purpose. <laughs> no. Like, no, straight up. I like, when you think about opioids, yeah. people use opioids for painkillers, and then right. the painkiller don't work, and they got to go find some heroin. Well, guess what? If they had some pain and they had some heroin, the pain would go away. But what, what um, where are we right now? We're still in the Mali era, right? No, yeah. we passed Mali's. No, we're moving into, are we moving? Are we on opioids yet? Yes, yes, we're headed to opioids because we're talking, listen, if you're talking about the music and everything that Molly did with the with the the rave parties and all of this, right? Fast forward, cats start taking opioids, okay? That is not a Molly. Now I want you to think about the diction. When you talk about the early the early years of, of cocaine and hip hop, late mm-hmm. 70s, if somebody is high on cocaine, powdered cocaine, what does that do to your performance? It sharpens things a little bit. Has, yes. So you go back, I'm not saying all these people are how they made these records, but I do know that a lot of these artists have right. come out and had problems with cocaine later. Absolutely. So when you go back and listen, you go back and listen to the music, listen to the diction, listen to the sharp, the sharp on beat. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Everybody's rapping on the beat. Right. And if the beat goes like this, then the word go like this too. Every time the beat drop, the word going right, right with it. That's cocaine. Mm-hmm. Now these opioids. Oh, mumble rap. <laughs> yeah. What? Mouth lazy. Yeah. What? Yes, yes. But some and the thing I'm a dog keep locking. That joint is on fire. But he ain't never lied. Like yes. when you listen to mumble rap, man, that ain't dudes being creative. That's dudes so fucked up they can't open their mouth and finish their words. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You hear these dudes talk, they don't talk like that. Productivity when they're regular. Is still there though. The productivity is kinda there. Because these guys didn't make the beats. No, they just put in words. And on you don't even yeah. know what the hell they're saying. Yeah. You know yeah. what? I, I listened to Lil Uzi Vert XO Tour Life, one of my favorite songs ever. Mm-hmm. Now, I ain't gonna lie, it's one of my favorite songs ever. Mm. I wouldn't even know what he was talking about half the time, were it not for the lyrics. Oh, reading them. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I don't listen to Future. And and I know that, that Uzi Vert doesn't have to use that diction. Right. Because he can be as clear as he wants to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, what to make a man say, I got an idea in my head, what would make somebody talk like that on yeah. a song? Right, right, yeah. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And it's not just him, it's all over the place. Yeah. And you know all that complaining I talk about, they're not even on a beat half the time. Like the beat will come out going, um, the beat that's 60 beats a minute, and they come out rapping 135 beats a minute speed on it. Mm-hmm. And then every time the beat drop again, they got to reset. So every four counts, you hear these dudes reset. Right. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. It's boom, boom. Yo. And a lot of punching in. Hey, man. Yeah. That's where we are now. You know what I'm saying? It's heroin music right now. Yeah, it is. It's an overwhelming number of it too. It, mm-hmm. There is some, you know, some good music out there. But yeah, dudes talking about drinking lean and all that stuff. That's nothing right. but heroin. Yeah, codeine, cough syrup, right. like all this stuff. Anything with a dean or a zine on the end of it, mm-hmm. ain't gonna do nothing but slow you down. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The message your brain take everything, make everything slow. 
and it's just not, you know, don't make the best music off of that stuff. Like what's what's lost in this era is all the creativity in the music, mm-hmm. like the music rising and building up to a certain point right. and taking you somewhere else for a little while. Coming back to that that crescendo, you don't get that anymore. Right. It's just like, yo, I got a beat. Play it. Hmm. I like that. I like that, man. What'd you just say? Oh, man, you know, you heard me. Right. The <laughs> melody is the melody. It's the melody. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But. Young Thugger. Straight melody. Boys ain't saying nothing. Nothing. And I know they're saying something. Right. But the thing is, like, you know, that's what happens when you get that high mm-hmm. for you record. And it used not to be acceptable to be so high in the booth. Mm-hmm. And we can't understand what you're saying and you're not on beat no more. Right. Dudes are getting away with it. Well, I think that, um, you know, yeah, opioids is a major problem in on both sides of the coin. But when you look at, and I hate to go back to crack, but crack not only influenced or changed the music because I think that's the most influential drug of of our of my lifetime anyway that no I've doubt. seen. It, it changed everything. Yeah, man, it, and it spilled over into the community. It, it took the respect out of music, even though we we are fans of that. It took the respect era. out of our neighborhood because yes. because the men. Um, you know, it, it, it took the men out of our neighborhood, That's which also going. changed our music. Like, mm-hmm. crack had the biggest impact out of all these drugs mm-hmm. because by the time they got finished, making crackheads out of the half of dudes that were smoking it and making dope dealers out of the other half of the dudes out here, right? then all our dudes right. are tied up somehow in this crack, mm-hmm. which leaves a whole lot of kids to be raised by our women. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden you start looking. We used to look like men and we we were taught to admire manly things from manly men. Hold up now, be careful. I know, man. I'm just saying. I'm I'm be careful. I'm being I'm being I'm being, I'm being for real though. Like we okay. were we were we you taught your values from people you look up to. And when you look up the rappers, they're telling you what to value. Right. And when I was a kid, rappers told me to value um Gold. Mm-hmm. It told me to value um, nice cars, right? Beautiful women, uh-huh. um, being the best. Mm-hmm. You know that was a huge thing. Being the whatever it is, just whatever. be the best, right? And that was something to value. Mm-hmm. Later, as the men disappeared, you got dudes coming out. They were taught by women what to value, and they put it in the music. They want you to value diamonds. Mm-hmm. Expensive purses, mm-hmm. like dudes talking about purses and songs. Yeah, didn't no dude know what a Birkin bag was, right? Back when dudes were on the street, because they didn't give a fuck about that ish, right? Right, because it was just you know who gives a fuck. Mm-hmm. But take the dudes out of the picture, and your mother's teaching you what to value, right? Sure. And you know, I, we know before back in the day, kids. It used to be that diamonds were a girl's best friend. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, diamonds are for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Now, and because then, you know, there there is no gender that that the people that used to teach gender roles were taken out of our community. The nigga. So now we don't have gender roles. Dudes wear tight pants. We didn't wear tight pants before. Mm-hmm. Before right. all the dudes disappeared, because real OGs had they been around, right, would never have allowed that to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. You see what I'm saying? Yes. But you take the OGs out of the picture and you come popping out in the, in the tight pants and your mom and your auntie's like, ooh, look it's at my a, boy. Yep. I like them pants. Where you get them pants? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Whoo. Nah. So so this is this is what crack did to to the music and the imagery and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, once you once you get the male influence. Right. You know. You, you, the new influence is from the next closest, next closest dominating presence, and that's right. mom. Absolutely, and you she know this it. what mom likes, right. and so this is what we like now because this is what rap, rappers talk about what girls like now. 
Right. Stuff that girls like. Think about the beefs that be going on. Like, I ain't trying to be funny now. Look at this internet beef. Dudes um, going back and forth on Twitter and all this stuff. <laughs> like, I mean, really. No, seriously. Seriously. I know, yeah. Do you think if we right. had all the guys in the hood that crack took off the block, do you think that dudes would be into such petty ass Ish, it, ish, it. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying, right? Seriously, like yeah. you know, you can you can almost tell a what era dude was raised in by the things that upset him and the things that he's willing to go to war over, right? And it, that, I think that's why it hurt so bad when um, Drake said that to um, Meek. Um, what did he say to him? He called him Twitter fingers. <laughs> Twitter fingers. <laughs> <laughs> He called him Twitter fingers. See, but Drake Drake had a daddy. Yes. Yep. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. And, you know, it's, and, it's crazy. And if you look at, you know, there's something, there's something masculine about Drake. Yeah. That you don't see. Right. Like, you know, you, there's the presence of a father, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Look at Kanye on the other hand. Grew up with his mama. Mm-hmm. Acts like an absolute girl, you know. And I'm not, I'm not trying to insult women. I'm just saying that the things that trigger y'all don't trigger us, and the things that trigger us don't trigger y'all, right. and the things that trigger y'all trigger Kanye. Right, right. And he learned that from his mother. Yes. And I, hey man, I spent way more time around my mom. You know, my dad was, was somebody who got caught out there. Yeah. In the same situation, and I had to teach myself. Mm. Not to get upset about things that women get upset about because as a man, that will get you killed. Yes. So I can't be rah-rah like my mother could. Right. And my mother is a firecracker. Uh-huh. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So. And then damn sure will get you. And she could get away with that, though. Killed. You know what I'm saying? My mother's beautiful. People going to let her talk a whole lot. Of but as a dude, I can't do what my mother does. That's like the little boy who always got to have the last word. You you can tell who had who's most influenced who's influenced by their mother because yeah. it, it's your father's man. I'm like son, it ain't work, but come on, it, yeah, leave that <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You don't you don't engage every barking dog mm-hmm. when you got a man around, right? You know what I mean, right? But when you don't, you know, you will come out like that, and it takes you time out here in these streets. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it takes somebody else's father mm-hmm. or somebody else's older brother. To to show to kind of hold a mirror up to your ways and be like, look, you're acting like your mama right now. Right. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> as personal as you may take it. You know what I'm saying? Facts. But these are the effects of the drugs on the music. You know what I mean? Yes. So not and, and with crack, it's not just the smoking of crack that we're talking about affecting the music. It's the whole crack culture that All took around. the men out of the, the out of the community that changed the music. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody even thought about that. Right, right. You know? So now here we are listening to music by a lot of people who have a heroin addiction, raised by women, Mm -hmm. short-tempered, petty. No wonder we got beefs and dudes dying all the time. Like rappers didn't get killed in the street all the time when there were men out there in the street to tell you what's worth getting that upset about. Right. No, before, before... Like I said, before all these men were removed from the streets, I can only think of a few things that would definitely get you killed. Sleeping with somebody's wife, mm-hmm. breaking in somebody's house. Yes. Not just breaking in their house, but burglarizing their house. While they're there. While they're there at night. Or you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. But those those were the, the major violations. Mm-hmm. And like, spitting in somebody's face. And I can also say that when watching watching women during those times, seeing women keep beef scoring with each other over some of the smallest, silliest things. Right. I've seen women who were best friends or sisters or cousins mm-hmm. go forty years without talking to each other till the other one dies. Right. Because she didn't uh like that she didn't dress. Right, right. That, that she wore that yellow dress, and she know my husband. Yep. Um, she wore that yellow dress in front of my husband. And he already sells his favorite color. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? To be something silly like that. Absolutely. Every time you see a rapper get killed, man, it's a situation where if they had waited a couple of days, probably nobody would have got killed. Mm-hmm. Give it a little bit of time. Right. Like these instances. Like, what are some of the things people have gotten killed for? Let's take um. Okay, let's take Tupac. Tupac was he's a millionaire, and he was hanging with another 
millionaire at a fight that none of us can afford to go to in a city that none of us can afford to visit. Now, Tupac admittedly did not have his dad around like he should have, raised by a woman. So this millionaire who's at a public event that has everything to lose, Hmm. has been in movies, feels like because he sees a dude, this guy didn't even steal Tupac's chain. It's a dude that stole a chain from somebody else. Somebody else who wasn't even there. He he wasn't there when it happened. (laughs) Is that some bitch shit all day? Yes, 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 yes. How many times have you seen a woman say, I don't like her? Right. Why? She don't like my friend. Yeah. You don't even know that bitch. Yeah. And he saw that motherfucker. Yeah. I don't like him. Why? He fucked my friend up. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, take one, just one intelligent man. Right. One OG off the street who's about 60 years old. Hmm. Had If one old gangster with some sense. Right. Been there, Yo, pop. You got too much to lose, baby, man. Fuck that chain. Right. And that's the kind of advice that we used to get on the streets. Even the winos, even the winos used to sit on the corner mm-hmm. would tell you this shit like that. Right. You know what I'm saying? I remember going to get in a fight one time and I grabbed a, a knife or something. I remember just a, a OG from the hood. It's like, yo, man, you're going to ruin your life, man. Put that shit down. Mm-hmm. He told me to get in the car and leave. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. That's the power of a man being around at the right time. Mm-hmm. Because I was offended. I'm offended. I'm going to do something crazy. Because that's what I learned. When women get offended, they get loud and start them. Yep. It's crazy you say that because, you know, that's that's the thing now. That it's okay for a man to have or get in his feelings. and um, We're like, too dangerous for that. Yes, absolutely. Like, you know, that's that's why we don't. Fist fight as much anymore, you know. Thing, the things are, the consequences are too, too dire for all of that now. Mm-hmm. So by the time you reach adulthood, you should be well beyond petty beefs, because we're men, grown ass men. You know what I'm saying? I can hit you hard enough to kill you with my fist. You see what I'm saying? Like d- dudes go to jail probably at least a couple of times a week in America, just from punching somebody mm-hmm. who offended them. And then the dude hit his head or something and die. <laughs> so as macho as even that sounds, can ruin your whole life. Just, you know, yes, being petty and taking things personal. And, I, it, you know, it takes time to get over that. I like where this conversation went uh, for, for two reasons. Because it, it shows the importance of where we're at as a society and how we articulate this into music and culture and stuff. Mm -hmm. And the other side of it is um, there's so many, um, what's the word I'm looking for? There's so many um, uh, products of what was done to us by another community that it has so many lasting effects that for some. We don't make love songs anymore. Yeah, for for somebody to say you got to stop saying it's because of what they did to us, but when this shit has a lasting effect, like it's not a short conversation because it's not a short effect of what happened. Right. You know, it's it's very long term. So that that's why this this argument and it's not an excuse, it's a it's an argument. Is is long lasting, you know, and yeah. I, I think you know, I, I I think this this episode right here went somewhere that initially I didn't think about it going, but once we start conversing about it, you know, it it shows the the effects of it. Like we talked about all the drugs, but we ended up going back to crack because crack had the changed most. the most. Yes, that's yes. crazy, and, then, and we're still feeling the effects. Like you know, <laughs> damn, <laughs> drugs, man, drugs. <laughs> Don't do them, people. <clears throat> Damn. Every every drug has run its course already. You know what I'm saying? If they invent anything else, it'll like fentanyl. That'll kill you. Like anything they invent now, because technology only gets better. Right. Like, you know, weed got better. Hmm. Coke got better. Hmm. Opioids got better. Like you used to have morphine and stuff like that. Now you got fentanyl, which is 100 times more potent. 
Like, you seen the police officer, he just opened the trunk, and there was some fentanyl in the trunk, and dude just passed out. Hmm. <laughs> just because it was in the air. They want it. And, and cats wanna, want that in their system. Yeah. So it's not going to get better. It's only going to get worse. It's, it's, it's a lot. You know, this, this is, <laughs> yeah, this has been a dope episode, man. Yeah, man. The drug <laughs> show. I yeah. tell you what, though, if I, if I could do un, undo anything right now, if we go back and undo what happened with crack, yes, you know it, it would be an amazing. It would put us in an amazing place because right. you know I'm I'm old enough to have seen the advances we made after civil rights legislation, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think like when say Lyndon B. Johnson signing all that stuff, what around sixty eight, sixty nine, sixty nine, yeah, it was just. 10, 15 years later, put crack in the hood and it undid that. So neighborhoods that you ride through today and in your lifetime, you've only known them as crack neighborhoods or drug spots or the trap or the hood. And there was none of that before crack. Right. No, none of the neighborhoods that you think are bad were bad. Right. Before crack. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, of course you had some projects that were pretty rough because they still had the same Problems, mm-hmm. but even projects, but it, was uh, it wasn't all the projects back then, right? Certain right. projects in certain cities, yeah. But just because you lived in the project didn't mean you were dealing with with drugs all the time, mm-hmm. you know, and crackheads everywhere. You know, you had to deal with some of that stuff. But being poor did not mean you lived in a bad place until crack, right? Crack made any place that. It amplified it. it. All the problems in the community just got amplified by crack. Right. All of them. Right. You know. So now, fast forward today. This is what we got, y'all. Thank got you. A bunch to of the people. CIA. Yeah, yeah. Bunch of bunch of kids <laughs> out here rapping, raised by their mama, sensitive. Um, you know, with guns. Right. Easy access to guns. Um, using drugs that we never even considered. Uh, you know. Never even thought about man. Matter of fact, there was no oxycodone back in the day. You know, that's all this stuff is new, right? You know, so if you wanted to get high like that, the only thing you had was heroin, and heroin has such a horrible reputation that it took oxycodone to make heroin popular again. The only reason people even sought or seeking heroin out is because it made oxy so much harder to get now. Mm-hmm. Used to be able to get oxy so freely, nobody thought about heroin for years. And, you know, the drug makers got in trouble. They got slapped on the wrist with putting all the oxy out there. And heroin stepped in and filled the gap. Mm-hmm. Now it's back. Now it's back. You know? And we got kids on the street <laughs> with the pants hanging down off their ass. <laughs> <laughs> High on heroin. They went to Afghanistan and got Shooting all each other. Shooting each I other. I know. I sound like an old person. I'm just, that was my imitation of, of a grandmother. Man. Kids running around the street, pants hanging off their ass, shooting each other, sniffing heroin. <laughs> yeah, they do that too. Yeah. That would definitely get somebody killed. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. we don't we ain't doing none of that. This was a totally dry episode today. Yeah. I didn't even have a drink. I think we covered everything. That's all the drugs. That's that's everything that everybody smokes and sniffs and eats and swallows anyway, right? Pretty much. That was it. Yeah, that's on everything. That's it. So I hope you enjoyed today's show. It was all about the D to the R to the U to the G to the S. Drugs. I'm your host, Capital J. This is Capital City Podcast. Alongside my main man, DL Glass. And we'll see you next week. This is Capital City with Capital J.